Thank you for watching the You and Me podcast, a companion podcast for the HBO show, The Last of Us. My name is Sancho West, and this is a review and breakdown for the episode, Please Hold My Hand. first time watching the podcast thank you so much again and hey i just want to let you know this is you and me so please tweet at me at sancho west for your reactions and i will read them as part of the following podcast and thank you so much for the support i can't say that more than enough but it's been really cool to see the growth of this podcast on youtube let's go ahead and get into your tweets for the reactions for bill and frank by far i would say the best episode in a sense of that as a non-video game related episode that i'm hoping that we get more of the last of us as we go on throughout this journey and i can't believe we're already past the one-third mark of the entire first season. So the first tweet comes from Amuse Bryson says, I enjoyed the world building. I know their characters only a small amount of screen time with Bill and Frank with Joel, uh, mostly Bill, but I am always looking forward to more world building and I think they did a great job with that episode. They did a phenomenal job. I tweeted this out that this would be the episode that will get them an Emmy nomination, no doubt. And Nick Offerman will definitely get a nod for something for his work in that episode. Next tweet is from Jacket Paul. Beautiful. Such a powerful love story that got me in tears like no other television show has made me feel in years. They made us feel a lot more in characters. It's just an episode and show how even in the middle of what it seems like the end of the world, two people can find love. Well said. And I mentioned this in the previous podcast. I always felt that a lot of the fans at the time when they were kind of exploring the sequel for The Last of Us were saying, should we have another thing? I'm like, they were like, we're good with Joel and Ellie after the end of the first season i don't want to see them anymore but uh as you know i'm trying to avoid spoilers things of that sort but uh, a lot of people were wondering could we get other stories throughout the world and as you would see in this episode please hold my hand there is a lot of stories in the last of us that i feel that we kind of kind of glossed over when it comes to the video game itself and luckily the hbo show is showing us more of that uh and that is what i, I think the doctor emmett brown says right here uh next tweet Episode 3 made me want to start the game again. I really love the character background of Bill. This was a great way for them to tell the story through a different medium. And I mentioned this earlier in the podcast that this HBO show through the medium of television allows us to detach from Joel. The Last of Us video game, the PlayStation, uh, we had to stick with Joel. That was our immersive experience. We didn't jump to different POVs like in Grand Theft Auto. We weren't playing different characters. But with a television show, we're allowed to see what other people are up to when Joel is not around or Joel's sleeping. And I enjoyed that so much more because you get to really, really immerse yourself in a different way. So thank you so much for your tweets for that previous episode. I cannot speak more of that episode. It's really good. It is definitely a standout episode. And it's being so standout that this episode, please hold my hand. Really, really could it hold up to it. I think Please Hold My Hand is definitely what's known. I feel like it's a setup episode. There's a lot of setups here, a lot of new stakes, a lot of new characters being introduced because Joel and Ellie have made their way to the new quarantine zone in Kansas City, in which in the game itself, it's Pittsburgh. But as you can see in the later in the, the behind the scenes look of the episode itself, the showrunners are talking about that. It made much more logical sense to set it in Kansas City versus Pittsburgh, considering where they were shooting in Canada. But let's just kind of rewind that back for a minute. The 
entire thing of please hold my hand it just had a tall task to follow up the masterpiece that was bill and frank uh this is more of a kind of like a hey let's get back on that video game track i've been saying this whole time on the podcast and you could kind of feel that 45 minutes was definitely part one of the next part which would be henry and sam which throughout the episode they were setting up but i cannot wait to see that conclusion and what's so interesting is though in the entire seasons have been structured is the first season uh as we discussed was supposed to be a two was one episode one and episode two but they put it in one episode bill and frank is one of the longest episodes of the season as well and that in itself could be one and two is entirely entire whole movie but this episode is more of a bite-sized chunk 45 minute episode and you could really feel that 45 minutes this time around compared to the previous episode where you're just you know going and going and going uh but let's get back into the quick thing quick news update next episode will be streaming on friday so i just want to let you know of course it looks like hbo is trying to avoid the super bowl so friday will be the next time you could early stream the last of a show and i feel like we're in pedro mania right now a little bit of pedro mania yeah pedro is all over the place he's in snl he's literally on tiktok snl he's on late night snl uh tiktoks he is everywhere and he is really really having a great time i have yet to see the snl but i've seen a couple of tiktoks here and there and it looks like a great time and i cannot wait to watch that but yeah pedro is making the rounds of the last of us because it is a phenomenal success i feel like every time we open the podcast we keep saying it is a phenomenal success and i cannot believe that it is literally popping off as the kids will say so pedro mania is all over it's amazing so going back to a review you kind of got a hint of it it's an okay episode. It's a setup episode, and I feel that um, it's one of those ones that if you were to show someone this episode, I wouldn't pick this episode. Uh, there is a lot of iconic moments from the video game that are here in the episode, meaning the ambush that happens in Kansas City. That is a very icon- iconic scene, and it was also showed a lot in the trailers and things of the sort. That it's interesting. Like the video game wise, you would show that segment, the hunter ambush segment, because it has a lot of the kind of the you know Ellie helping Joel in these fights. The, a lot of the dialogue that you hear from the enemies was so refreshing back in 2013. The cover system that made lay system all those kinds of things you would show to someone like hey i know I, what's the last of us video game all about you would show this little section because it was really really solid but you will not show them this for if you want to get someone into the show uh like i said it, it, it's just a very slow burn what i enjoyed the most of this episode was the kind of like the the slowly i keep saying this joel's peeling back that onion the little ogre is coming out the the heart of gold coming out of joel you see that peel back slowly with ellie using the uh the lack of a better word the iconic pun book the joke book it's really fun to see that as a gamer as a big fan of the last of us being used by ellie and i'm just enjoying the more realistic way it, I, let me let me unpack this for a second i really feel that sometimes in video games and, I, and as someone who's a theater major the blocking is always weird you could feel it that it, they're on a sound stage remember this was mocap in 2013 very limited technology compared to what they have now but you could just feel it limited it's usually a flat presentation. The blocking is kind of sometimes a character. I'm very, very particular about this a character blocking. will walk somewhere. It wouldn't really make sense. But here, a lot of the conversations that are happening in the show or the characters are actually doing something that makes more sense. You know, Joel getting the siphon, things of that sort. 
But I would say overall, this episode was probably the weakest out of them, but that doesn't mean it was a bad episode. It's just simply saying comparing, it doesn't hold up to uh, the masterpiece that has been happening before, especially Bill and Frank. And it's not, this episode is really not meant to say anything. It's just to set up for this next episode, which will get the big payoff with Henry and Sam. So that is my review for the episode. Let's go ahead and do a plot breakdown and synopsis of this bad boy review. So now we're going to get into the spoily parts of this episode for Please Hold My Hand. So this entire episode opens up with Ellie playing with a gun. Now, the main difference between this and Ellie in the video games is Ellie doesn't really get a hold of a gun until later in the game in Pittsburgh. And that was when to help uh, uh, Joel. And it, it is a very strange kind of way to portray Ellie is that she's so obsessed with death. And that wasn't really portrayed in the game. Ellie was kind of just an edgy teenager who just grew up with this angst and just felt this anger from her. Of course, we later reveal uh, what ends up happening. Uh, no spoilers, not going to re reveal that part, but that kind of sets Ellie on this path. But it's just so interesting to see this Bella Ramsey Ellie be obsessed with shooting somebody, killing somebody. That's not necessarily something that we did not see with Ellie in the video game at all. But this is what I'm talking about. The television medium pulling the camera off of Joel into Ellie and you get to see that. So I'm kind of interested to see what more of Ellie you get to explore considering for the people that played the video game, the first one and the second one, we know where Ellie goes. So we know what Ellie is capable of, but it's interesting to see the seeds of Ellie exploring that violent state and Ellie being more exposed and what Joel keeps saying is, you don't know what the world is like. And we're getting to see what the world has become after the cordyceps. So, again, the Ellie and her joke book make an appearance here while Joel is doing the siphoning. And it gets into um, the reason for the people who just watched the show. In the video game, Ellie usually pulls out the joke book when you're kind of just hanging out. And it's a moment where the characters are idle and they're not doing anything. And all of a sudden the joke book comes out and you get a lot of these Easter egg moments or you get something that if you hang out long enough or you explore something different, you'll get a different joke. So it's really nice to see that being paid off. And the big thing as well, it's not really an eyesore. It's not something where it's kind of like, ha ha, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And like I mentioned in the first episode of this podcast, that it really feels like they're treating the source material legitly. And it's not, it's not sticking out like a sore thumb. And I feel like it's very organic how it's being presented. And it, like I said, it's presenting things that happen in the game in a very realistic way. So finally, we go from this nice jovial moments where Joel is finally cracking. Ellie is finally putting pressure on Joel to be himself finally. We get to the truck scene. Now, this truck scene, like I mentioned, is you show everybody this is what The Last of Us is. And they they moved it from Pittsburgh to Kansas City. And in the in the truck scene itself, where I'm getting ahead of myself. So the truck scene you see where Ellie is in the car seat doing all those kinds of things and Joel is just trying to drive. They use a Hank Williams song, which is very iconic as a trailer song. It's a very, very good song. But this is what I like from that scene is, yes, you get the moments of the, the magazine. You get the moments of all those kinds of things of Joel explaining to Ellie certain things. But more importantly, you see Joel talk about how scary humans are and you kind of see that in pedro pascal's performance that humans are the bad people like we don't have to worry about the infective out here it is humans and you could kind of feel it in that sense that he's like human being the real enemy 
And what I like about this as well is when we talked about that cracking happening from Joel is that you get to see what Joel was like when he was a dad a little bit. And that's what I'm ex excited about the most. Another good tidbit that we get here in this scene is that you see Joel talking about what happened between Tommy and the whole thing and how did he get to Boston we never really got that from the video game is how did Joel end up in Boston from Austin to Boston and we get the sense that Tommy and Joel they made their way you hear throughout this entire episode Joel saying I, I you know I've done some things just to be able to get to where I am you hear the backstory between Tommy Tess and what I like about it is we get a sense of what Tommy who Tommy is Tommy's always just been Joel's brother but now we get some more backstories that and Joel calls him he's a joiner he always wanted to be a hero and I cannot wait to see Gabriel Luna come back knowing that we get some more background on Tommy and that's my favorite thing when it comes to theater and when it comes to screenwriting and all those kinds of things is I like hearing about a character off camera so that when they appear on stage or on camera again boom you could add all that baggage that you just earned and you get to see that character and we saw a lot of Gabriel Luna's performance in Tommy it's really solid and I cannot wait to see him again so like I was saying we get to the hunter attack the ambush in Kansas City and it's literally ripped from the game. All this is great. The combat in the sound design is like the game. The guys cussing at them and all that kind of dialogue. And actually, actually layered some Last of Us Part 2 type vibes. And Last of Us Part 1, it was very generic dialogue. In Last of Us Part 2, the characters and the enemies were starting using their names. They started using Brian or you did this, you killed this, you killed him. How dare you? All that kind of stuff. They started to layer in the Last of Us Part 2 because what the Last of Us naughty dog and the creators and things of that sort wanted to show is an interesting as neil Druckmann mentioned this in the after part of the episode where he wanted to humanize the villains and that is what they were always the last of us wanted to do they wanted to show that it wasn't black and white that joel and ellie are not necessarily good people just because you're following them there's a lot of gray in between and you see that a lot in the scene uh all of a sudden, Joel gets ambushed and, you know, he gets surprise attacked by Brian. And here is where there's a big shift from the game and the show. In the game, Ellie doesn't shoot or kill anybody until later, later, later on. And that happens in a hotel scene. But here they move that into this ambush scene because in my, if, if I really had to think about it is you would assume that Ellie would do that considering that they set up this character who's been obsessed about weapons and death and things of that sort now versus in the game she's usually just fighting with bricks and bottles which we all wish we can't wait to see bricks bottles in her her shiv right her switchblade but here she actually shoots somebody and right here was a very very gut-wrenching scene it was a very tough scene to stomach uh, considering what has been happening uh in the world lately but Brian's scene the big thing you have to take away from that is once again humanizing the enemy, showing you that this dude has a mom and that this dude has a life, this dude just wants to live, and that he's sorry and things of that sort. And ultimately, I hope if you're just been watching this show for your first time, really absorb this. Joel is not a good dude, okay? I've been saying this for the longest time. Joel Miller is not a good dude. Started off a good dude. But he's been put in some very interesting situation and he's turned into this hardened survivor, right? And he's done some things. And you heard them say throughout the episode. And he's been on the other side where he's ambushed people, he's tricked people. Elias, how did you know that we were gonna ambush? He's like, I've been on the I've been on all sides. I'm working on my Joel impression. So 
That happens. Brian dead. Ellie has a moment where she realizes what she's done. She's witnessed some violence in front of her. She recovers quickly. She's about to cry. She wipes away the tear. And Joel is is frazzled, doesn't know what to say, keeps moving, keeps surviving. Because Kansas City is not controlled by Fedra. It's a quarantine zone. But this is a new thing that's from the game. A new character, a new faction has been introduced. Now, a lot of people were saying like the ambush is hunters and things of that sort. But I think these are it's something different than a hunter. This is a whole new faction. But uh, for the sake of the people who watch the, uh, the played the video game and the show, we'll just call them hunters. But uh, th- it is not a new faction. But finally, there is a new leader, so to speak, a new figurehead for the hunters, and it is Kathleen. Now, in the video game, hunters are very, 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 very mean people. In a sense, they are cannibalists and all this kind of stuff, and they do all these nasty, nefarious things. And here, Kathleen is the leader of that, but you don't get a sense of that. She's ruthless in the in the show here. She's interrogating a, a doctor who literally gave her birth, and she's trying to find Henry and Sam. Henry feels like a vigilante or a crusader in this town. And the whole thing about Kathleen's people is to show you when the uh, like a Firefly-type regime takes over the established quote-unquote government— it's still the same. It's still like bad things are happening. People are being um, bullied or they're being kind of suppressed and things of that sort. And then a new uprising will happen, a new one, and it will be a vicious cycle. Naughty Dog's writers, again, are whole about this, how violence in this circular cycle, things of sort of violence begets violence and an eye for an eye. It just keeps going and going and going. It's a vicious cycle. So that's what we're, we're seeing. And I think what's important about this episode is, like I said, it's a setup episode. It's Joel seeing what happens when Fedra has been eliminated from a quarantine zone and the upsert whatever regime takes over and it's literally the same. He's seen this all throughout the abandoned buildings, things of that sort. But back to Kathleen, which is a very interesting character. Uh, reminds me of another character that we will see later on in the first season, so so to speak. And it's, it's a very late, it's like Marlene, but Marlene with a little bit mean, you know? And it, it's so interesting to see Kathleen, this woman, be a leader of this group. And she's, like I mentioned, tortured her doctor and got rid of the doctor because she's very obsessed with finding Henry and Sam. We don't know what the relationship between Henry and Sam is because, like I mentioned, it's a new character. Another new character is introduced is Perry, which is played by Jeffrey Pierce, which is the voice of Tommy. It's really cool to see him. He's like fits the role perfectly. Later on, after the episode, Jeremy uh, Jeffrey Pierce, excuse me, was talking about how it's really cool to be re-engaged in this world to see it in the 3D. And I like him. And you still hear a little bit of Tommy in his voice, but. He's a military guy who has this uh, uh, presence, and I cannot wait to see what happens with him. Again, two new characters introduced, and I think they're just there to show you, the audience, that even though um, we will see, well, it will make sense a little bit later, um, especially with, when you know Joel's actions, things of that sort. But one thing I really want to point out is a big nuance difference between the game and the show is Joel's performance here. Uh, Pedro Pascal's Joel is a lot different, in my opinion, than Troy Baker's Joel. Uh, Troy Baker's Joel is very, very stubborn, very methodic, very hard. And you would think that Joel Miller is a soldier, uh, the way he um, processes things. Um, For Joel, it takes him a long time to crack under Ellie's pressure. But what I like about Pedro's Joel 
is that he cracks in different ways, if that makes sense. Joel, when he see in the video game, when he sees violence, it doesn't really phase Joel that much because he's just trying to survive. But in this scene, when Joel's talking to Ellie, you feel this regret and remorse that I've never seen from Joel, that it felt like a father saying, I'm sorry, you're, he's like, you're just a kid. You could feel that he regrets that he did not take care of it. He wasn't paying attention and he had Ellie to step up. And that 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 is so interesting because in that scene, like I mentioned, this scene happens later, later on in the game. I must not the camera roll. Later, later on in the game. And in that scene, uh, Joel, Troy Baker's Joel, is so mad at Ellie because he's like, I could have got my head shot off by you. Here, Pedro is more concerned, is like, I'm so sorry you saw that. So that's it's quite interesting. I'm going to keep an eye on that. But th that is what I've been picking up is the differences in between performances between the two. Here in this entire episode as well, uh, you're seeing Henry and Sam, the groundwork's being laid. And uh, like I mentioned, what I like about the show itself is like it's given us hints and clues throughout the entire time. Because when I feel like when you're playing the game, you're just you're you're in Joel's world and that's it. You're just trying to get to the next cutscene and things of that sort sometimes. But I'm liking that we're getting a, like this word of Henry. He's causing problems. And it's like I said, it's it's a parallel. That's what's happening. Henry and Sam, a lot of pairs and air all over the place in this Last of Us universe. Henry and Sam. As you see at the very end of the episode, it's basically Joel and Ellie. There's a, is an older person and a kid, and they're trying to survive. This time, they're being hunted down by Kathleen's people. As the scene progresses here, there is a really, really kooky, spooky scene between Pierce and Kathleen, where Pierce is like, hey, you, uh, well, Perry, I just call him Pierce, but Perry and Kathleen are going into the sewer. In the video game, the sewer is like a source of very, very bad stuff. That's where all the infected fester. Um, we're not going to talk about the Rat King. But there's like so many scary things in the sewer. And when we get to the sewer eventually in the show, I bet it's going to be very, very scary. But apparently there's this kind of rubber, rubble thing. And this thing is a, is breathing and they're about to break through. It looks like uh, Kathleen's people kind of put a, a cement over a hole and hopefully nothing will pop up. But something's going to pop up. And uh, like I said, I'm just not going to say anything. I'm not going to give a spoiler. But the longer you're infected, uh, the grosser you are. <laughs> the grosser and scarier you are. And I bet that's what's under there. One thing I want to point out is I've been really enjoying Gustavo's music. And you never knew how great the music is until you hear it in a different medium. And it's so good as a good filler. Like, bang, bang, bang. you hear that in a little bit. You know, it kind of like sets the mood, lets a moment marinate a little bit and kind of like eases you in. It's always the spookiness of that whole entire thing. So all that happens. Uh, there's a lot of little bit of, uh, you know, video game moments where Joel and Ellie is lifting each other up. Kathleen, Perry are like, we're not going to tell anybody. We're going to worry about this later. We're going to deal with this Henry and Sam. And then it cuts to Joel and Ellie who are trying to get up this tower to be able to see where they are. They have they lost their truck. They uh, The team kind of took it over. The, the mercenaries took it over. And now they go up into the storage thing. They go up the flight of stairs. And there's uh, a, and there is a couple of moments in this show where they use the sleeping time for Joel and Ellie to connect. I mean, it kind of takes me back to when you're literally sitting and you're trying to have a slumber party or a sleepover or what have you. And there's always someone talking, dude. And you're trying to go to sleep and you just can't end up going to sleep because there's someone talking. And that's when Ellie is using her jokes. And she lays a big one about uh, diarrhea. Like, did you know that diarrhea is genetic? It runs in the genes. 
and it's just disgusting, but it really cracks Pedro and it really cracks Joel. And that's what I'm talking about. We finally get a sense of him and Ellie, the team forming, and we're getting a sense of the relationship that we love the most. And this is quite interesting because that relationship between Joel and Ellie is formed between us, the gamer, and Ellie. We become the father figure. We kind of like uh, adore her and we, we, we enjoy that relationship, her banter the most, right? Because she's with us on this entire ride. She, she saves us throughout these little mini encounters. Uh, by the point in this game, Joel has murdered so many people. But in the show, he's only gotten, I think, three, four dudes at this point. And by then, we've already got so many in our video game run. But in the show, you're seeing that relationship form in front of us. So, like, instead of the POV here, it's a third-person perspective, so to speak. I, I know the metaphor is there somewhere. But I'm really enjoying the performances between Bella and Pedro. And you see throughout their interviews and their red carpets and all literally everything that's popping up on these YouTube videos and these TikToks is you see that they do have some genuine chemistry here. And as the episode closes with them sleeping, you see that Joel's little plan did not work. I'm trying to remember, there was a uh, someone in the chat or in the comments, let me know, what was the movie where they used potato chips? for that trick where they kind of put a bunch of potato chips in the hallway. I don't know, for some reason, that is like fresh in my mind. Fortunately, plan doesn't work. Joel used broken glass. Henry and Sam get the beat on them. I didn't mention that there was a scene where Perry and Kathleen go into the attic and find out that Henry and Sam are running out of food. And you see that Sam is like really, really, really obsessed with Superman, which is gonna be quite interesting because Superman is truth, justice, and for a better tomorrow. And I, that's what that's so interesting that they chose Superman as someone that he is obsessed with. Because like I mentioned, truth, justice, and better tomorrow. And in this world, one of the very important conversations that happen with Joel and Ellie is like, well, who, what do you do this for? What's the whole point? What's the whole point for living for tomorrow in this kind of world? And Joel says, you do it for family. You know, he tells a very important, like, I, 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 I missed this, um, but he's like, you're just cargo to me. And that was at the very, very beginning of the episode. Your cargo to me, I made a promise to test and test his family. So as we're seeing, as time goes on, Joel is slowly letting Ellie into his family. And we all know what happens when you let somebody in. But what's most interesting between these two characters that they're kind of destined for each other is everybody that Joel loves, he loses. Everybody that Ellie loves, she loses. So, you know, they're, they're magnetized together. But back to the episode, Henry and Sam, they have a beat on them. And I'm already enjoying the kind of portrayal of Henry and Sam. And it literally ends with um, right when Sam's face and then boom, credits. But phenomenal, phenomenal work that we're getting to. I'm liking the work from the actors and things and sort. Um, like I mentioned, overall, it's a setup episode. We can't have all bangers right out the gate. And I'm hoping people don't show this episode to people. You got to show at least the first and then Bill and Frank. Um, but I'm enjoying this and I cannot wait for the weeks ahead. I think we're going to really get some good scenes. Uh, I mean, they kind of teased a little bit, but I think we're going to get real into it. Now, here's the thing, though. It's going to be quite interesting looking forward. And I want anybody who's listening to this podcast, once again, thank you. I want people to pay attention to this part of the show the action is always good it's kind of pulled from the game sort of kinda 
But clickers are ready. People are accepted. But will people accept bloaters? And I don't want to get too into the detail of that. And the people that play the video game who know what I'm talking about. I mean, bloaters is kind of a stretch, dude. If you really, really think about it. Bloaters is a stretch. Like, I think, like... It's interesting to me how the HBO show uh, picked up The Last of Us. Because considering they have Game of Thrones and the very fantasy. But here is where I think it it dips its toe into fantasy. Is the bloaters are very, very monstrous. And and it's at that point where he's just like, hmm. If you were someone that only watches the show, would you be like, okay. Okay. That's a little far-fetched. So... I'm interested to see how the betrayal of the bloaters come across. I'm interested to see how they're treated. What I've been seeing so far from the show itself is that everything is a threat. And if everything is a threat, the bloater is the worst of threats. Thank you so much for listening for The Last of Us, You and Me podcast. Again, please subscribe if you're enjoying it. And wherever you're listening, I really do appreciate it. Comment down below. Let me know what you think of this episode. Please hold my hand. And as always, endure and survive. Adios, y'all. Thank <laughs> you.